Praise God, brothers and sisters. So this week, um, if you guys heard about it being announced in church, we started Upstream, and uh, I got asked to be a mentor, and um, I was kind of thinking of what, what can I um, tell these kids to kind of relate to them, and I was, trying to, I was trying to remember what it was like being a teen at that age, 13 to 15 years old, and the way I explained it to the kids uh, today was like, do you, do you remember what it was like to be five years old? Like, do you remember, like, the feelings and the emotions you had at five years old? Um, you know, like, you, it's probably the year that you started kindergarten, or maybe six, and you're scared to go to kindergarten, and you missed your mom, or, like, just like this really small details that you obviously forget. And, um, and, I, I was just like thinking about it and praying about it. I'm like, God, I want to relate to these kids. So I took a lot of time and it took a lot of prayer and time to remember what it was like uh, when I was their age. And because it kind of seemed for me like in my life, it kind of seems like there was just, just this instant transformation. Like it just happened like a flip of a switch where um, honestly, I don't even know like how it happened. Like I was... I was, I would pray the prayer of repentance over and over again, and like nothing seemed to change. I, I would come to like uh, youth services and stuff like that, and I would see like the youth leaders, and I see like they have actual joy in their heart when they're, you know, when they're here. They, they, they speak in tongues. They have the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And I'm like, I don't, I don't have any of that. I, I repented. What's not changed in my life? I don't, I don't see what they have that I'm missing, and I'm, and and at that time, I was just like, um, I was thinking about this whole Christianity thing, like, and I was confused. I was a little bit angry and just kind of full of doubt. And, um, and I was just like, what am I doing wrong here? And um, until about a month ago, I honestly, like, it, it kind of, like, dawned on me, like, what, what caused me to change in my life from that point on? And because I was asking God to show him, like, what happened to me to prepare for upstream. And he showed me in this in two ways. So these are two stories that happened to me about like a month ago. So uh, as you know, the missionaries left to Ukraine and my mom and my brother left with them as well. And so now I have the whole house to myself. So my mom leaves and she's like really worried that I'm going to have to cook for myself. I'm going to have to clean the house, wash my own clothes. And... Um, she thought she would come back and the house would be just a total mess. And, um, and she also uh, was telling my sisters, like, hey, you should go, go like, visit Peter. You should go over to our house. Like, they're married and you should come over because he's probably going to get bored. So the first day that my sister, that my mom and my brother leave, it was, uh, it was actually July 3rd they left. Next day is July 4th. And my sister comes over, and she invited, my, she invited herself over. She invited my other sister. And she's like, uh, Peter, I want you to make us barbecue. And then we made all this food. And we watched fireworks. It was fun. They, and it was getting late, and they have kids. And then she was like, oh, we're going to leave. And I come back into the house, and the house is just a huge mess. Like, I, lo I love my nephews, but... Like these, I think the oldest one is like four years old right now, and there was like six of them running around. And like they would run up to the table, they would grab a cookie, 
And instead of eating the cookie, they would take one bite, eat it, like take one bite, and then run to a part of the house, crumble it in their hands, and just drop it on the floor. And so I'm, I was just like, I'm too tired to deal with this. Went to sleep. And um, I obviously had to clean the house the next day, but another story about our kitchen where we bought these tomatoes from Winko, and there was these, like, these really nice beefsteak tomatoes, and we were like, we want to keep the seeds from these tomatoes so we can plant them next year. So we bought a whole bunch of tomatoes, we separated one of them for the seeds, and we put it like in the corner of our kitchen. And we kind of hid it so that we wouldn't eat it. And we obviously forgot about it, and it was just sitting there. And it started to mold, and we didn't see it because we kind of hid it behind some stuff. And I'm like, I'm like washing, I was like washing dishes or something, and I was like, I can like, I smell something so bad. And it was just like, I can't figure out where it is. I'm like looking around, I'm like moving stuff. I'm like, I already think like, do I have to take the plumbing apart? This is terrible. And then, the, and then I remember we have a tomato sitting there and it was, it was so, it was like a soggy bag. It turned into like a nasty soggy bag, stank really bad. It was like the worst, it was worse than like a poopy diaper. It was like the worst smell ever. And so that's, that's the one story that caused me to, that's the one story that caused me to figure out what changed in my life. And I'll tell you how it's connected. And then the second story is that um, uh, I, was, I was talking with this guy and I, was, I kind of like try to witness him every once in a while. And like I've witnessed him before and you know, he, he, he knows he needs to become a Christian. He, he, he feels like emptiness in his heart, but at the same time, he's attached to sin. He can't leave sin. He tells me, he's like, he's like I, I enjoy it so much. Like, I can't, I can't stop doing this. And I was praying about it. I was like, show, show me, like, I was praying for God to show me how I change so I can, like, relate to these scenes for Upstream. And these two stories, they just kind of clicked in my head. And I realized that when my sisters left the house, I realized that my house was absolutely messy. It was dirty. But when I had that tomato in my house, everything looked clean. But you, anyone could, coming in could sense that it just stank in the house. Like, you can be as clean. The house can, be, can look as clean as, 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 as you want to. But if there is something hiding in there, it's going to come out. People are going to see it. And... Um, that's, that's when I realized that, like, how, how what, what caused me to change was that I realized that how bad of a sinner I am. Like, the, the guy who I'm witnessing to, he thinks his life is okay. He thinks everything is going okay. He's just like, you know, I do some stuff in my life. You know, I'm not as bad as this drug addict. I'm not as bad as this person. And he's comparing himself to other people. And this is the guy who the tomato is hidden and he doesn't smell it yet, but it's there, and it's rotting, and he just doesn't see everything. He thinks everything's clean, but you have to, you have to see that your, you have to see that your life is just a mess. That your life is like you, your, your, your life is a mess, and that you need Christ. And someone, and someone who like. You don't, you don't realize you need a doctor until you get sick. You don't realize that you need to lose weight until you look at yourself in the mirror and you're like, I'm a sack of potatoes, I need to lose weight. Like, if you, if you gain weight at like, let's say like five pounds a month for a whole year, 
like it it kind of seems like a lot but you you don't you don't really zamichatata you don't notice it because it's about a pound a week maybe a little bit more and over the year you'll gain 60 pounds and you'll be like hold up like th these clothes don't fit me as well something's getting tight i need a, a i need to buy another size sin it comes into your life like that and you don't notice it and then you'll see the effects later of it and it just hit me it was like so simple you have to you have i had to realize that how much of a sinner i am and i couldn't come to that conclusion on my own i couldn't because I, I, liked, I liked the way I was living also. Like, I, I knew I had to change also, but I couldn't change. And it was just like, I, I remember coming to youth like a year ago, and I was just like, I was sitting next to Andre Bob, and I was just looking at him like, it's like, I'm like, is this guy for real? Like, how, how I don't get it. Like, how, what, what's going on here? You know, I, I know it's the Holy Spirit. I know this, but like, I've, I've tried it. I've, I've tried, I've tried all sorts of things. I just, I, I tried repenting. It doesn't, it, it's not helping me. And I was just, I was just like, God, um, I don't know what he has. I want what he has. Please show me like how to, how to get it. And Matthew chapter, Matthew chapter seven, verse seven Matthew seven, seven. It says, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be opened to you. And God, God is telling us that if we, if we actually want something, we have to search for it. Like, I, you just, you, you don't, you, you won't need a savior unless you realize that you're a terrible person. You know, you, you could be like, oh, I'm just, I watch movies every once in a while. I play some games every once in a while. I do this, I do that. I'm not that bad of a person. But until the Holy Spirit, until God shows you how, how terrible of a person you are and how, how capable you are of sin and how terrible you actually are, you're not going to actually change. Nothing's going to change in your life until you actually realize it. And then you ask for God. You're, you're like, God, I need a Savior. God, I need, I need you in my life. Up to that point, you're like, why do I need Jesus? You know, I can get all these nice little benefits. Oh, yeah, but I, I'm okay. And also in that, in that same Matthew chapter 7, verse 7, um, a verse before that in Matthew chapter 7, verse 6, it says, Do not give what is holy to dogs. Do not throw your pearls before swine or they will trample them under their feet and turn and turn and tear you into pieces. Telling about Jesus to someone who, who knows they're wrong and doesn't want to change is like throwing, throwing something valuable into, into the mud right next to a pig, and he will trample you, and then he will tear you up. He will attack you. And if, if, you, if you feel like like you're missing out like god I, I like i see these people like i don't get it i just don't get it like please show me how wrong i am like if you if you seek you will find it if you knock the door will be open to you and 
I was, I was talking with some guy today before youth, and it was just, he shared a great testimony with me. He just recently became a Christian, and, and I was talking to him, and he was like, yeah, I, I realized, he, like, um, like, the stuff he did before was, like, um, kind of the stuff I did. And it's like, you don't realize it until God shows you that you're wrong. Like, you have to, he was like, yeah, like, I get it. And, like, you have to see God and he will open up to you. And it will be, it might be in a very terrible way. If you ask for God, like, God, bring me to a level where I understand how much of a sinner I am. He will absolutely break you down. Absolutely. You have to be prepared for that. If you're asking for God to, to do some kind of change in your life, that to the point, God, God will do that, absolutely do that for you. And you just have to be ready for it and see God and Hopefully, all of you guys are doing that. Amen. And I also have like a little testimony that kind of fits in with Peter's. And uh, it was like last week, I think, I recently started getting to, into a little bit of uh, project managing. And uh, the guy that I was doing it for was like, Max, you, you got to start making checklists to make sure things get done. Because I would, I would do everything. There would be like these little tiny things that like didn't get done. He'd be like, you need to make sure this stuff gets done. So, and then he's like, just start doing checklists. And before then, the only type of checklists I remember doing were probably like when I had like a bunch of homework, I would write like what needs to get done. So like, and then I'd check off what, whatever I did. But... Uh, I started doing a checklist, and it, it does help, but the one thing I, I was just thinking about, like, today and, like, yesterday was, like, we, we live by these checklists. Uh, it becomes a lifestyle that we just, we wake up, okay, checklist, oh, I went to church, checklist, this, checklist, checklist, and our whole life becomes a checklist, and we just start doing things just to check them off our list. We go to church just to check it off our list. We start praying in the morning just to check it off our list. And we just pr read the Bible just to check it off our list. And uh, a lot of the things we do, our heart isn't there. And it, it just, in, in, our, um, in our own worldly lives, a checklist can get us through the day, you know, can keep us alive and whatnot. But our spiritual lifestyle shouldn't be a checklist. And it's like brushing your teeth. When you have a checklist for what to do during the day, it's not like, I mean, maybe some of you guys write, brush your teeth in the morning or wake up or this and that, but it should be something, our spiritual lives should be something we live by, not something we just do just to check it off our list. So uh, that's just something for you guys to think about, and we're going to stand up. And uh, we're also going to be doing an uh, offering right now, so whoever has something to give, um, the brothers will bring out around the baskets and we'll sing along with the worship team. Praise God. You guys can be seated. I want to read a passage um, and then share two thoughts from it. Uh, Ephesians 2, uh, 18. For through him we both have access in one spirit to the Father. So then you are no longer strangers and aliens, 
but our fellow citizens with the saints and members of household of God. You know, this passage is, uh, I was reading it today and, you know, just been thinking about it a little bit. What is the difference between going to church and being a part of a church versus going and seeing some performance? Have you guys thought about that? It, and it shouldn't be the same thing. You know, and here, uh, Paul talks about that two things. You know, first of all, God cares about you and you're not some random person walking on the earth and just, you know, out of a crowd. You are part of God's family. You're part of his church. You're part of his household. You know, and in church, we come to encourage one another. We're, we're not coming here to perform, you know, and, you know, I hope, hopefully nobody, I don't think anybody's trying to be popular or try to achieve something like that, you know. We're here to, to encourage one another to worship God together, to build each other up so that we can all come to heaven. You know, and I think it's really important for us to realize that we are a family of God, that we are a family. You know, we're not just, this is some random guy, this is some random girl, I just see them once in a while. We are a family, you know, of God. Praise the Lord. For he is good. <clears throat> Amen. And when he's good, when is he good? All the time is good. Amen. Praise God. It's good to see you guys. It's good to be here. Um, who's here first time? It's their first, first, first time. I know Michael is. So welcome, Michael. I already gave you a little card, right? It's a free coffee. So uh, if you're here first time, you do get a free coffee. Sounds like no one is going to have a free coffee today. <laughs> Except first time this week, though. I wish. Um, <laughs> I would get one every day, though. Uh, but yes, we have gifts for our new members or people that just join us for in, an evening. So please, if you see somebody new, come up to uh, Peter, uh, come up to Oksana Linick, uh, myself, and we can share um, and welcome our brothers and sisters. We're um, encouraging, encouraging um, hospitality. Um, encouraging hospitality here. So welcome. If you're here first or second or third time, and we're going to continue on our series. I'm going to ask the question again. Who knows what, what series are we going through right now? Anyone? Check your Facebook posts or Instagram. <laughs> Anyone? Any attempts? No one? No one knows? At least in what book? What book of the Bible? I know Rostik knows. Starts with the same letter, though. And <laughs> it's Romans, yes, yes, it's in Romans. Um, Romans chapter 12 through 14, maybe, if we have enough time. This is going to go all the way until camp. Um, and last time, we covered, um, Andy was covering some topics, and the two times before, Alex was preaching on it. So um, we will continue. We will continue. You know, honestly, I already um, already learned something, already got something today uh, from brothers. Peter spoke about, um, you know, gaining weight, spiritually speaking. 
you know, and uh, as um, as you gain certain things in life, um, or as you allow certain things in life, certain habits that are continuous routine, and you think, oh, it's okay, you know, this candy at 12 a.m., one, two, three, five, right? And it slowly accumulates, you know, it slowly adds up. Um, just an example, uh, but things that we allow into our life, you know, a certain app, um, and we just, you know, scroll through the pages once a day, but it's daily, it's every day, and it leaves that imprint on us. It leaves a certain imprint. Um, and, and we do allow that. You know, just yesterday, I deleted an app because I realized I spent more time on it than I wanted to. And I wasn't controlling the information or the things that I was, or the, the, the time I was spending in that app, but the app was controlling me. And oh, here's this thing for sale. Here's this, you know, and let's go look here and so on and so forth. And I'm not controlling my time. I'm not um, in charge of my time and of myself, but somebody else has me on a hook, yeah? as a fish on a hook. And they pull me in the direction that they like me to go. Do you guys find yourself at least sometimes in that kind of situation? No, most of the people here are pretty, you know, solid and, and, and they control themselves good. Good, good for you. But I do get into those traps. But if you do get into those traps, just um, consider deleting certain things off of your phone that makes you stumble, that steal your time, because they are designed to steal your and my time. Um, and we have to say no to certain things. Uh, the, 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 the Contrary to the culture is the name for our study. And we'll do a little review of Romans 12 um, before we begin or jump into chapter 13. Um, thank you, Max, for reading the chapter today already. Um, and it's a, it's a good reminder. It's a good reminder for, for us. If you remember what Alex talked about, he talked about uh, who loves the world does not have love of God in him. And if you re remember, we read from John chapter 2, and instead of the world, we use the word, help me out, culture. Yes, I'm glad we coming back <laughs> and instead of the world we use the word culture and it says that who loves the culture does not have what the love of God in him if I would ask you right now or ask myself do I love the culture I doubt that somebody would say oh yeah I so love the culture you know it's it's just good no we don't even admit that to ourselves but it sips through. It, it's, 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 it becomes part of us so much that we stop realizing where our Christianity ends and where the culture begins and where we start doing things, not because we want to do them, but we do them because we want to impress somebody or we like to appear, have a certain appearance and so on. 
and so forth. Um, and the Word of God says that everything that is in, cult, in the culture, it's, it's the last of the eyes. It's what, what else? The last of the flesh and the pride of life. Yes, which is not of, in God, but in the culture. And that's not what God desires for his people. Uh, that's what Alex uh, was covering um, when we begin the series. And then Andy touched on, uh, do not think of yourself highly, because all the gifts that God has given to the church, and we're talking about the church, the people here are part of the church. Who is part of the church? Can you raise your hand? I am part of the church. Yes, you are part of the church. Amen. And we strongly believe that, and that gives us confidence. If for some reason I'm not sure if I am part of the church of Christ, church, I'm talking about body of Christ, um, that's a very um, serious thing. We need to consider that. We need to ask questions. We need to talk about it. We need to think about it and pray about it if I don't have confidence. Because for the church, Ross was talking about what's the difference between a show that you're going to go to and the church? What is the difference? At a concert, they're there to entertain you. This is not the reason why you're in the church. Hello, good morning. Nobody's here to entertain you. You are here to serve your brother. And you are here to serve your sister and your brother. Amen? Can somebody say amen? Yes. We are not here to entertain each other. We're not here to do anything else, but we're here to worship God, to glorify his name because he deserves all the glory, and to serve one another. If... I'm sure you know all this, but I'm just reminding you. You're here to serve one another. I'm here to serve you, and I'm here to be served by you also. Um, you know, my son is very little. My son is uh, two years old. Well, I have two boys, but uh, he's two and a half, and he's just learning body parts. And he, you know, shows it something and fingers, and he pronounced that. And the other day, he pulled down his shirt and his showed at his teeth, and he said, oh, Vava, you know, not, not good. Um, and we're learning, no, 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 umchik, это не Vava, you know, это, это самое, это другое, называется так и так. And we teach him the body parts, you know. We teach him that all body parts have its meaning, its appropriate place in the body, and they do function, and they do something, right? Um, my question is, what is your part in the body of Christ? What is my part in the body of Christ? I constantly ask myself that question. Am I fulfilling the God placed or, or the God where God placed me? Is this is where God wants me today? Am I doing what God wants me to do? Or am I taking someone else's place? Or am I not in the place where I'm supposed to be and where God wants me to be? And myself, to, uh, my question today to, to all of us, am I in the spot where God wants me to be? Or am I doing, am I serving the church? Am I serving this body of Christ? Um, 
We talked about love the last time, and, and Andy shared some insights on love um, because the Bible teaches outdo one another in honoring. You know, have we tried that to outdo somebody in being nice and being uh, have servanthood mentality? You know, oh, sister, you came in. Let me help you out. Let me get you the best spot. Let me, you know, show you things around. Let me greet you or meet you with most popular girls in this church, you know. And, and same goes for the brothers, you know. Uh, or am I coming in with an attitude, hmm, nobody saw me today. Nobody, you know, talked to me. Nobody really wants me to see here. Well, I guess I'm not going to show up next time. Guess what? That kind of attitude is not going to get us anywhere in the world. But in the church, it's not even appropriate because we're here to serve one another. Uh, so if you want to be recognized, start serving other people. People will recognize you. People will, will recognize you, I promise you. Uh, be zealous for good works uh, just like uh, Christ. Just like Christ. So we're discovering some... Um, thoughts that were shared the last time. And all of these things, they are contrary to today's culture. Today's culture is teaching something different. It's showing something different. It's all about me. Because we removed in the culture, we removed God, or people removed God, and man became God. So it's all about man. It's all about me. And as much as we, as much time as we spend in the culture, we get what? Soaked, right? We get everything sinks in. We start walking like the culture. We start thinking like the culture. And we don't even realize that until we start looking at the truth, at the Bible. Until we start reading. Until somebody shows that to us and says, sister, brother. What's going on? Why well, haven't seen you in the church? Why are you not doing anything in the church? Why are you disobedient to your parents or to your pastor? What's going on with you? Oh, everything is good. Everything is fine with me. You know, and, and typically we don't like those kind of questions if we're not in the right place. We don't like the accountability. We don't like to be accountable to somebody and answer those questions, right? If we're not in the right place. And we need that accountability in the body of Christ. We need each other. This is not my topic, and I have only 20 minutes to cover my topic, which is um, chapter, Romans chapter 13, subjection to the government. And let's read that. Let's start, begin, and read that um, chapter. I believe there are some things that we can learn as from any scripture which is inspired by God. Romans chapter 13 um, begins um, on page 1776 in my Bible. I don't know if that helps. <laughs> okay, Romans chapter 13. Um, if we can have it on screen also, that would be helpful. Every person is to be in subjection to the government authorities. For there is no authority except from God, and those which exist are established by God. Therefore, whoever resists authority has opposed the ordinance of God. 
and they who have opposed will receive condemnation upon themselves. For rulers are not a cause for a fear, for good behavior, but for evil. Do you want to have no fear of authority? Question. Do what is good, and you will have praise from the same. For it is a minister of God to you for good. But if you do what is evil, be afraid. For it does not bear the sword for nothing. For it is a minister of God, an avenger who brings wrath on the one who practices evil. Therefore, it is necessary to be in subjection, not only because of wrath, but also for conscience sake. For because of this, you also pay taxes for rulers or servants of God, devoting themselves to this very thing. Render to all what is due them, tax to whom taxes due, custom to whom custom, fear to whom fear, honor to whom honor. And that's where we're going to stop. Verse 7. Um, very interesting passage because it directly speaks of our obedience to the government. Uh, we'll cover a little bit maybe more than just government because it speaks of authority. And the scripture claims that every person is to be in subjection. Every in English means all, everyone, всё. That doesn't exclude anyone, so everyone is subjected to this um, rule, uh, to the governing authorities, for there is no authority except from God. So one thing to make clear out of this passage is that no authority, no matter how good or how bad it is, is appointed without God's knowledge. And that's the first thing that we need to understand, that all authority, everything or everyone you can think of, the boss at your work, the, you know, the, the evil one or the good one, uh, depending on your you know, job, um, is appointed by God. As interesting as that sounds. You know, the, the president uh, of the United States is appointed by God. Uh, the president of, of um, Nigeria, for example, is appointed by God. It's a very bad president. Uh, the president of Russia, Ukraine, you name it. Um, your pastor is appointed by God. Your parents are appointed authority by God over you. How exciting is that? <laughs> Let's obey them, right? Oh, um, but the Bible is very clear. The Bible is clearly teaching that all authority is appointed by God. And if you rebel against that authority, guess who you rebel against? Who? Can I hear somebody? Who you rebel against? Who? You're not sure that? Let me help you. You rebel against God. That's what the Bible teaches. That we, every time we rebel against authority, we rebel against God. It is important to understand, although, that we are under a different authority. And the pledge that we made, some people got baptized this year, amen? I know some people got baptized this year. And we pledged to a different king. We pledged to a king, Jesus Christ. 
And does that make me free from obeying my authority? But um, in 1 Peter 2.11 it says, or Philippians 3.20 it says, For our citizenship is in heaven, from which we also eagerly wait for Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. So we are not citizens really of this earth, but we are citizens of heaven. Isn't that wonderful? But that's the, that's the first thing we need to remember. That's the first thing we need to understand. And keep in mind that first and foremost, we are citizens of heaven. We are under greater authority of Jesus Christ. And with that in mind, Peter writes to us in 2.11, Beloved, I urge you, you as aliens and strangers to abstain from fleshly lusts, which wage war against the soul. He calls us aliens and strangers. That this earth and this culture is not ours. And we should not view ourselves as being part of this culture. We're wanting to become part of this culture because we are of a different culture. And we have a different king. And we have a different destiny from the people. And we have a different reward also. Not a temporal reward, but eternal. Amen? If you believe this, say amen. 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 I'm glad we have some believers in this church. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You guys are good. You guys are good. Look at your uh, notes. I've, thank you, Roman. Thank you for everyone who printed, who made the effort to print this. There were some difficulties, but we managed to print that. There are some questions. And if you look at those questions... Um, I want to ask you, uh, the first question at the top says, am I more American or Slavic, if you, you know, think you're Slavic more than, or Christian? Do I identify myself more with American culture or the things in this culture or Christianity? That's who I am. That's how I live. That's who I wake up as and I go to bed as a Christian. That's where my desires are. That's what I'm striving for. That's where I invest my life into. Who am, I, who am I more? And the next question, that's a question kind of for everyone to ponder about, um, and for me, that the question at the bottom, uh, at, the, at the very bottom, it says, uh, what is popular in today's culture? Can you talk between yourselves, maybe two people, and, and, and talk about things, what is popular in today's culture? And I'll ask, go around and ask, what do you think? I'm sure you have a long list already, so let's start right here. Rap music? Unchristian rap. Unchristian rap, okay, that's good, that's good. Let's try here. Alcohol. Alcohol is popular in the culture, okay? Anyone else would you like to share? Um, ripped jeans. Ripped jeans, that's a good one. Ooh. To be accepted. To be accepted, thank you, thank you. 
brothers over here. Что сегодня популярно? Life at social media, virtual life. Okay, virtual life. Okay, very good. Anyone else would like to share? Coffee. Thank you. Thank you. Yes, yes, Tim. Jordan Peterson. Okay, so I have to explain to some people who he is first. And <laughs> but thank you, thank you. So, certain things, right? Certain things are very popular today. And, and they are appealing. And they are appealing and they um, draw people. Um, if you don't do it or you don't participate, people look weird at you. Um, and they can uh, avoid your presence or avoid your, you know, not going to invite you to certain parties. I had a co-worker invite me to his birthday. And the way he did it, I could tell that he's, uh, like, wishing that I wouldn't say no. <laughs> and I would not show up because, you know, I know they're going to be drinking there. And they know that I don't drink. But he still, you know, felt like obligated to invite me. He's like, oh, we're going to have a party. Sorry for the late, late notice. We're going right now. And, and if you want to come, you know, you're welcome. I'm like, oh, no, thank you. I'm, you know, I have something planned. I would join you guys, but I have something planned already. But thank you. Uh, but I could tell the tension, you know, that, that people know. People know. So if we decide to go that path, if we go... Um, if we stand um, against, contrary to the culture, we will suffer certain consequences. Certain people will not want to spend time with us. They're not going to, you know, give us our attention, their attention. Uh, certain uh, areas and, and, and things are not going to be available to us because they're only available to the people that sit in the bar and, and discuss, you know, um, what appears to be important, and so on and so forth, and some other things that uh, are not as, as obvious to us, but we like them, and we accept them, and we bring them even into the church. You know, some things um, that this world has, you know, the outfits um, and, uh, and the other things, and the other things, you know. Um, and and it, it's happening. It's happening, it's, it's there. We have to ask ourselves, I have to ask myself, where does the culture penetrate in my life? What have I given up to accept certain things? And where I have compromised um, in my life? We need to ask ourselves that, those questions. Let's continue in our study of Romans 13. We're talking about subjection to the government. Um, and we talked about that we, first of all, sub subject to our Lord Jesus Christ. He is the ultimate authority, governing authority that exists over all, over all the rulers and everyone. And the Bible says that everyone and everything will, everyone will bow their knees, that every knee shall bow to me and every tongue shall confess or give praise to God. Amen. That's going to be the ending of the world. But today we still live under authority, authorities, and we are to be subject to them. 
Jesus says that my kingdom is not of this world. So he has his own kingdom, which we are part of. Um, so the first question um, that we're going to look at um, is why do we have to obey or be subject to the law? And we answer that because all the authorities are placed by God and God appoints them. So he wants us to be obedient to the authorities that he placed. Um, so the question is, uh, what is the law for? You know, what is the speed limit for? Who is the speed limit for? You know, people have or answered or have a claim that we're all good. We don't need the law. We don't need the, the limits. You know, we're good, which is naturally good. We do everything good. You know, everything we do is, is we don't need any limitations and so on. In First Timothy 1 through 9, 10, I'm going to quickly read it. It says, realizing the fact that the law is not made for the righteous person, but for those who are lawless and rebellious, for ungodly and sinners, for unholy and profane, for those who kill their fathers or mothers, for mur murderers, for immoral men and homosexuals and kidnappers and liars, and perjurers, and whatever else is contrary to the sound teaching. And whatever else is contrary to the sound teaching. And it appears that everything is good. You know, I understand what is good and what is bad. But we need to reference, we need to go back to the sound teaching and remind ourselves what God wants us to. Uh, what are God's uh, standards? What He wants us to fulfill? And the, the, the limitations or the, the laws and the signs on the road are made for people who do what? Who break the speed limit, right? The speed limit stands there for the person that goes over speed limit. It's not there for the person that is always obedient to the speed limit. It's there for the one who attempts to break it. You know, and if, if it says, I see a lot of smiles, you know, maybe some people are guilty of breaking the speed limit recently. Um, we do confessions around the curtain right there, so um, feel free. Uh, don't be ashamed. Uh, but yes, the law is in place for the one who breaks it. That's why the law is protecting us. The law is there to protect all of us. And we are to be obedient to the law. The basic rule is do what is right and you will not get in trouble. Sounds easy, right? However, we need to know what is right, to do what is right. And the Bible says that we need to uh, be, we need to know what sound teaching is. We need to know what the law is to do it right. If I have fear for authorities, for parents, for pastors, for school staff, for a manager at work, for police, and etc. There might be a problem that needs to be addressed. Maybe there's an unresolved conflict in my life, and I fear those people or those relationships. You know, I had for the longest time in my personal life, I had fear of police. You know why? Because they didn't have insurance. You guys are laughing, but I had real fear. I was fearing the police. And every time they were driving by, you know, I was looking through my rear window, 
and, and just hoping they're not going to, you know, turn around and so on. There's always fear. You know what I realized when the freedom came? When I got an insurance, this little card. And I was like, they're driving by and I'm, you know, I could wave at them. I was feeling good. I was at freedom. Because I wasn't breaking the law. And that's what the Bible teaches. It says that for rulers are not a cause of fear for good behavior, but for evil. So if you have fear at work, um, in school, I don't know, in, in your household, check your heart. Check the things in your heart and see where the fear is coming from. Maybe there's a problem that needs to be resolved. Maybe there's something I'm doing wrong that I need to change. And if I have fear of God or before God, not a healthy fear, but a fear that God is going to punish me for something, I need to check my relationship with God and understand why that fear is there. Maybe there's sin that I love and I'm not willing to give it away, to give it up. And I fear that any time... God can punish me for that, fear, for that sin. That needs to be resolved. That needs to be addressed. Because God does not want us to live in fear. He is the God of love. He wants us to be free and to have that, those relationships with Him. We're going to be finishing up. Um, but the question that is in your bulletin, uh, you can answer that. What is the law was designed for? Um, and the next question we will ask, when is it acceptable to disobey the governing, the government or authority? You know, I have some examples from my personal life. My grandfather spent two and a half years in the Soviet Union concentration camp because he refused to bear arms. He believed that it is against the scripture, it is against his faith to bear arms and, and give allegiance to Soviet Union. He believed that he gave allegiance to Christ, and he would not do that. And they put him to prison for five years or to Siberia. They sent him off to Siberia for five years. Um, he spent there two and a half years and was released. But he disobeyed the government, right? On what basis? So on what basis are you and I are allowed to break that obedience to the government and go uh, against it or, or, or not go against it, but not go against God's will. And that's what we're going to talk about. Um, there's a really, uh, a really good book. It's called Heavenly Man. It's about Chinese, a person, a Chinese pastor uh, that suffered just enormous amount of persecution and torturing and so on. Um, and it was amazingly used by God. The miracles that God did through him um, is when you when you read that book, it's it encourages you. It encourages you that God is there with people that suffer for His name. But uh, if you like reading or listening to audio books, uh, listen to that book and get that book. Um, it talks about you know that the Chinese authority today. Chinese church is one of the most persecuted churches. Um, they've been going through um, cross removals. They've been going through 
church demolitions and so on and so forth. And, and, and I receive the newsletters uh, every so often. And the, the ruling president made himself basically a ruler forever till he dies this year. So guess what? The persecution is going to increase. The church, and one thing this author makes, and uh, the point he makes in this book, he says, the main thing he did not get is that when you press the church, um, it doesn't get smaller. It spreads. It multiplies. And it's been seen through the history, the church multiplied under pressure and thrived. Was it easy? No, it wasn't easy. Because the church would not obey to the government. They would not give up their, their worship. They would not bow down to the king versus God. We don't have time to go over in details. But the only time we would be allowed to um, disobey our authorities is at the time when it's against God's law. Because we are ultimately under his authority and his law. And when uh, the Pharisees um, arrested Paul and John, or Peter and John, Jewish authorities, and commanded not to speak or teach in the name of Jesus, you know what they answered? It's Acts 4.19. Whether it is right in the sight of God to listen to you rather than to God, you must judge. For we cannot but speak of what we have seen and heard. So they went out and, and teaching in public and were arrested again. The priest said to them, we strictly charge you not to teach in this name. You hear, yet here you have not uh, filled Jerusalem with your teaching and you intend to bring this man's blood upon us. But Peter and the apostle answered, we must obey God rather than man. If Earthly authorities, if our, it can be our parents, that can be our government, that can be other authority, commands you or gives you a direction to disobey what God is teaching, what God is giving us, we have the right to disobey. We have the right, and that's the only time we have the right to disobey. But every other time when we disobey, we disobey God's placed authority. One of the questions in there is about, is it lawful for Christians to use pirate or illegally copied movies or games? I leave you that for as a homework. Um, you know, in my life, I faced that question when I, was using, when I was using an illegal software and the Holy Spirit convicted me so bad that I had to delete it buy an expensive software, hundreds of dollars, and install it, and only then I would receive peace. Um, and I strongly believe that God cares about those little things that we think that he does not care. So check your movies, your songs, your other things, and see where you might be breaking the law, simply. Um, I'm going to read the last passage and we're going to be praying. 1 Peter 2.13, it says, And it is very uh, 
I'm sorry, First Peter 2.13. First Peter four fifteen and sixteen. I apologize. First Peter four fifteen and sixteen says, "Make sure that no one one of you suffers as a murderer or thief, or evildoer, or troublesome meddler. But if anyone suffers as a Christian, he is not to be ashamed, but is to glorify God and His name." Amen. Amen. Uh, God bless you. God bless you. We will be continuing our series, but I hope you remember um, today that we are ultimately under authority of Jesus Christ, and we gave pledge to Christ and Christ alone. We're placed under authority here on earth, our parents, our bosses, uh, our government, and we are to obey the authority, but we do that to glorify our God and to worship Christ. Let His name be glorified. Let's stand up and let's pray.